Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good Sunday morning, everybody, and welcome on in. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Over the next hour, we'll dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. Very excited coming up uh, this week as we had... The uh, the PFL was in town. They're in town for the next three weeks. You guys know we've been bringing you some interviews. We had Rory McDonald on, Louis Rajkabov, who uh, we'll get into a little bit. But uh, they're in town, and they have their playoffs going on. Got a chance to watch them in live and in person this week for the first time, and I had a really, really good time. First of all, top-notch production. They uh, they really they just put on a – you go into some places, you go into you, – you go and you see a lot of events – and you kind of just know who has it, who doesn't. And these guys, they just uh, they run a top-notch event as far as, you know, just production-wise, the the quality of the look, all that type of stuff. Um, very interesting atmosphere because they weren't selling tickets to this fight. They just had VIPs. So basically, like, every fighter that was on the card kind of had their own cheering section. Which was kind of which was an interesting dynamic. This wasn't like your run of the mill. Just everybody's out here partying. A lot of the people who were there had a specific person that night that they were invested in, and so everybody just kind of had their own pocket that was cheering for them. Nothing ever got hostile, which was kind of cool because you did have like some that were rooting for one fan, one fighter, one was rooting for the other, but nothing ever got like you know testy and weird. But it was a really cool night. CeCe Zabathia was there. That was cool. I saw the great Todd, Todd Gurley was there. I guess they're both, uh, from what I understand, they're both investors into the uh, the business, which is a cool thing about PFL. They got a lot of um, mainstream ties. They have uh, they have a lot of athletes who are invested, who have promoted. Victor Oladipo's promoted them a little bit. I don't know uh, like what stake he has in the company, but he's done some, uh, some plugs for them. And... They have obviously, you know, Wiz Khalifa's got a big stake in it. Kevin Hart's got a big stake in it. So they have uh, they have a lot of mainstream faces to, you know, give some eyeballs to the sport in a way that's not just all UFC, Dana White, Dana White, Dana White. This is kind of going in a different direction, but kind of shows the respect that these athletes do have for fighters because a lot of athletes just have a tremendous respect for fighters and vice versa. But a lot of athletes have just a tremendous respect for what these guys do uh, to make a living, a cra- the crazy way that they go about these things to make a living. And so um, I just thought that was really cool. It was cool seeing uh, a guy like CeCe Sabathia there, seeing a, guy like, uh, seeing a guy like Todd Gurley there, 
and you know some fighter greats were there as well the great Robbie Lawler was there the great uh Vitor Belfort was there as he's gonna be fighting Oscar De La Hoya in a boxing match coming on up on September 11th I believe it is there was some uh there was some buzz that it was gonna maybe be down here but apparently that's going to land in Los Angeles at the Staples Center which makes sense I you know when I heard that it was possibly going to be down in South Florida I was like I would love it you know me I'm spoiled I want every fight down here but it feels like it makes way too much sense for Oscar De La Hoya's comeback fight. It has to be in L.A. It has to be in the place where he has a statue outside of the building. Like that—that that makes all the sense in the world. So I don't know. Maybe that was just uh, some posturing or whatnot. But I'm glad to. I'm actually glad that it's going to be at the Staples Center. I think that's a really, really cool thing that they're doing with that over there. But anyway, a lot of people came out for it, and they're here for the next three weeks. So I don't know if anybody can sneak their way in. Now, they did announce this week that they are going to come on October 27th, which is actually the weekend of your boy's 35th birthday. Um, they are going to be uh, they're going to be doing a card. And Clarissa Shields is actually going to be headlining it, which is really, really cool. So if you guys want to go watch the PFL, it is uh, it is going to be there October 27th. And that's going to be the time that they do all of their championships. So all these tournaments that they're doing right now. If you guys don't know how the PFL works, um, it basically works on a point system. Like you win in the regular season to set your seed for this mini tournament. It's not quite like Bellator where they've got like this huge seeded thing comes out. It goes quarter. It goes basically, you know, semifinal to final um, for most of these things. And so yesterday or two days ago, excuse me. I was at uh, the Hard Rock for the semifinals for lightweight and welterweight. So you had Rory McDonald taking on Ray Cooper the third. Winner moves on to get the welterweight championship, and that's the way it works. It's like it's winner go home, and I guess unless there's like an injury and an alternate could step in or something like that. But coming up on the twenty seventh um, at the Hard Rock Guitar Hotel. At the new Hard Rock Live, which is a really, it, it, it's, I was wondering what it was going to be like because the old Hard Rock Live was kind of that smallish arena setting, typical circular uh, way that you go about watching what would it be like. But I've, I've seen a few fights now at this Hard Rock Live and it's a, it's a cool venue. It's balcony seating. Um, so I think it's going to be really cool, especially when they have the, the, the big jumbotrons going on in there, which they didn't last night, but I could only imagine once they do how that's going to just enhance the viewing experience. And um, yeah, that's going to be a really cool event. It's coming up on October 27th, and you guys can get your tickets now for that. Um, Clarissa Shields, she is going to be headlining it, and then they're going to be doing all their championship fights. So that's really, really cool that you'll be able to watch that in style here. And then Clarissa Shields, who, I mean, really had a thrilling debut for them. Um, And they're doing a lot of, like, you know, scoping into the olympians and stuff like that so i don't know listen i'm not here to, to to hold water for the pfl like i'm not getting a check for them or anything like that um but it was cool of them to invite me out to a media day first time I'm getting a chance to check out their events and i've dug it it's been cool and you got coming up this week kayla harrison who i would say in a lot of ways is you know the face of the pfl she is i think everybody regards her as barn on one of the best of the world she just happens to fight at a division the ufc doesn't have in but trans american top team everybody just you know just says what a monster she is and um she'll be taking on jenna fabian 
coming up on Thursday. I don't, you know, I don't know if maybe somebody can disguise themselves as friends and family to go there. I'm going to go check this one out. I'm looking forward to it. And um, it should be a good one. But as far as that, that's what's heading along on Thursday. But as far as this last event that I went to uh, yesterday, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I wouldn't say it was the most thrilling main card in the world. The uh, the the undercard was really really cool because it was cr- it was cranking man it was one of those where there was a lot of first round finishes so it was hard like you were getting a highlight basically every single time uh, started off with uh, Elvin Espinoza getting himself a win a submission win over Hopeton Stewart and uh, Elvin he's at FIU um, you know reps out of down here had his whole family there it was really cool. So he ended up winning with a rear naked choke, put put hoped into sleep. Refs were willy nilly this week. I gotta tell you, I mean they they the Florida refs were uh, were letting these guys uh, either take a beating or making sure they were sleep sleep for this stuff. Uh, Michael Lombardo, who fights out of American Top Team from Jupiter, he won via calf kick. That was kind of crazy. He hit like uh, Kyron Bowen with two calf kicks, and done. Dude was screaming when he got hit. I'm not I'm not judging. I mean those calf kicks uh, they, they have been like the 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 fat of the sport and making everything uh everybody's really into but man it was uh it was something it was it was something uh brett cooper tyler hill that was cool brett cooper really beat the holy hell out of tyler hill took his time blasted him with some uppercuts finished it with an overhand right so that was good olivia aubin mercier the uh the former ufc veteran he won via unanimous decision over Daryl Horcher. Gleason Tebow, he won the featured prelim against Micah Terrell with a uh, submission arm triangle, put him to sleep, sleep. And uh, that was uh, that was that was a crazy, crazy submission. He looks really good uh, since he's coming over to the PFL. As far as the playoffs were concerned, I wouldn't say the playoffs were as exciting. They were all, you know, the uh, the most part, they were pretty lopsided fights other than Clay Collard versus uh, Haryush Monfio. And a lot of people thought Clay Collard should have gotten the nod in that one. That was the best fight. It was the biggest back and forth affair. And it definitely felt like two. I mean, it was pretty clear. I think in most people's eyes, I thought that it was it was it was Clay Collard. He took the second round. And that Harush took uh, Hayush took the uh, took the third round. First round was probably also Clay. You know, an interesting thing that is with PFL is, and this is this is an interesting thing when you're watching mixed martial arts live because there can be some tough angles to go watch mixed martial arts live. Objectively, the cage, all the the blockades to see. So there can be some spots where it's really really tough to see what's going on, especially if they don't have a jumbotron that's going on. So I was relying a lot. I was actually relying a lot because PFL. One of the things with watching them is they're very, very big into stats, and they're putting every next gen thing about the fight that they can. They call their cage the smart cage. Um, they do like a lot of wacky angles, a lot of cool angles. So I was relying a lot on that, and 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 Clay Collier was was very big up in the statistical categories. Now, you know, I I I'm not a guy who purely thinks numbers. And total strikes win a fight. Like if a guy knocks you down, if he really blasts you, um, you know that should count for a little bit more than a guy who's just peppering you the entire time, and you can take it, and you're not really respecting what he's throwing back at you. Uh, but I still thought that after that first round, I thought that Clay got the nod. I thought that he had two, and then it looked like by three, Harush got the uh, got got the, the definitely in my mind got the third round. 
and I thought that he was heading to lose the decision. Um, but he got the nod. The refs ended up, uh, the the uh, the judges ended up giving it to him two one, and uh, it was unanimous decision too. I mean, it was uh, it was a unanimous decision. So, you know, look, they were closer than I was, but I know that the uh, the timeline was uh, was outraged about that one. I know there were uh, pretty prof- big profile people saying that that Clay got robbed. I think uh, a lot of people wanted to see him move on because of his story, his personality. Um, would have been cool for him to win the million dollars, but. Uh, it's tough. That's that's and that's a tough thing with PFL too. Is tournament you move on. There's no real make good on it or anything like that. But uh, but uh, for for Harush, you feel good because he uh he has family there. He was crying. The wife was like four feet in front of me. She was crying. Um, so that's a really cool thing. He's gonna have an opportunity to go and win a million dollars to do so. He's gonna have to take on Shoalam Loik Rajabov, who is the Jaguar paw who uh, went and made easy work of Alexander Martinez, uh, really uh, really took it to him, especially for the first two rounds. A uh, lot of ground and pound, a lot of him on top. Probably could argue even one that he, uh, you know, maybe there was a 10-8 in there somewhere. Ended up being 30-27, 30-27, 29-28 on the scorecards for him. But he was going to leave no... He went into this fight with, like, I'm not going to leave any doubt in the judge's mind that I won this fight. Uh, so an interesting one. Those guys are gonna gonna square off and and take each other on. And you got yourself a little crosstown uh, crosstown rivalry, a little Sanford versus ATT, uh, which is always cool. Uh, Loic had, I mean, that dude had. Uh, you know, we we talked to him last week. Interesting guy. Uh, obviously, did it through a translator. But uh, his uh, following in Tajikistan was uh, was really really uh, really cool. I mean, there were people like watching him at restaurants. And he had a big following there. I think he probably had the most lively crowd of of friends and family there. Maybe Ray Cooper did. Uh, I would say it's. But Ray, you know, it was funny. Rays were like just, you know, chilling, chilling like chilling like the Hawaiian culture that they do. Man, they were like all the way in the back, doing the thing, whatever. Uh, Loic's fans were like way up there, flags flying, going crazy. He had a big contingent there from his gym. Um, so that was really, really cool. I, I'm looking forward to that match coming up on October 27th. Uh, Magomed Magomed Kamarov, uh, he ended up being uh, Sadi Busai. He, that was that was for me. I mean, like that was the most lopsided fight. It was. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Ray Cooper over Roy was pretty lopsided too. I mean, the last the the, the co-main and the main events were were. I, I don't want to disrespect and call them snooze fest, but they were not in doubt. I mean, like they were, they were, they were big time grappling bouts with it being very lopsided one way, and Magomed ended up uh, taking on side, putting it, putting him uh, away, and getting on top of him and cruised his way to that title shot. As did Ray Cooper. You know, Roy really didn't have anything for him, and and, and it was funny listening to Ray in the lead up to this, where he was saying like, you know. Roy's not a boogeyman to me. I mean, it's like it's he's had a pretty inconsistent career, quite frankly. Like, I don't look at this as that big of a challenge. And I mean, he's already been to the mountaintop. He's been to the finals twice. He's won the belt once. Um, he's going to try and get this uh, this rematch against Magomed. I mean, not going to try. He's going to try and win this rematch against Magomed coming up. But, um, you know, Roy didn't want to stand with him. That was very clear because he was engaging in takedowns and that was I mean, round. I, I mean, after round one, you already felt like that was a bad idea for him. I mean, Ray was, uh, 
Ray was just too much for him. Ray was Ray was too much for him, and looks like a man on a mission. Like, gonna be fascinating about how he goes about this next bout because uh, both of these guys both won their fights the same way. Um, I think people probably thought that you know Roy would have a little bit more of a plan A, plan B, but really didn't. I mean, like he, I think he tried. But I think Ray was just better. Ray was better just all, all over the place. So fun show by the PFL, man. Really, really enjoyed it. Looking forward to Thursday's show. Thank you to them for uh, for having us on out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back into uh, some boxing news and notes. Big news broke at the beginning of the week with Manny Pacquiao, Errol Spence. Obviously, Manny is now fighting a new opponent. So we'll get into his opponent for next week. And some news on some fights that we've been waiting a long time for and where they may shake out. We're back after this. Welcome back, everybody. It's Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Thank you for uh, continuing on with us here. So a lot of boxing to get to. A lot of boxing to get to. Um, I, I started out my week very, very bummed out. Very bummed out. Because it's been a cursed year. It's been a cursed year for boxing, especially this summer. Now, most of this has been due to COVID. This has been a, you know, a, a time where things have been ramping up with the COVID. Uh, it, you know, took out Teofimo Lopez versus George Cambosis, which we do have an update on. Thankfully, you know, that's kind of been our baby. Um, but it was supposed to be down here in Miami. I was in uh, the press room. I just gotten done. uh Hearing from the real Tarzan as he was getting ready to fight Vitor Belfort. Vitor is now fighting Oscar De La Hoya. And their PR guy walks in and says, fight's off. Great. That was June. July, uh, which July ended up being Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury, which we weren't even supposed to get this year. We were supposed to get Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury, but legality stepped in, took that fight away, and then we were fighting... Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. So a fight that we didn't even want in the first place, but okay, we'll take it. It's a good rivalry, and uh, we'll see what Deontay Wilder does with a new trainer. Gone. So that's two big fights, and really, in a way, three big fights that we've lost. Um, Then we get news this week. Next week, I was hyped. I was hyped for this fight more than any fight. You know, more than Teofimo versus George Cambosis, even though... You know, I like George a lot, and that was in our backyard. Even Tyson Fury and the heavyweight championship, even if that's the most buzzworthy championship there was. Um, and in a lot of ways, you know, September got taken away too because Canelo versus Caleb Plant, that was going to be a fight, and then it wasn't. So September looked like it was going to be shot in the leg as far as boxing was concerned. We have an update with that too. But the fight I was looking forward to the most, bar none, was Manny Pacquiao versus Errol Spence. One, Manny's one of my favorite fighters of all time. Um, probably top three. You know, pro- probably probably top three for me all time. And I love watching him fight. And I have a lot of respect for Errol Spence, especially more so when I went and saw his win over Mikey Garcia. I was, I was ringside for that and won it in a way I didn't think he was going to win it and just showed me a lot. So I... The fact that Manny Pacquiao at his age is is legitimately like he's doing what everybody wants Floyd to do. He's doing the thing everybody wants the legends to do, which is go go fight the guys at, in their prime, give them the rub, and that's what he's doing. But you can never really count him out, you know, especially with him knocking down Keith Thurman. But especially the fact that he gets ten eight rounds. Like you could talk about, you know, he hasn't knocked a guy out and such and such, and that he doesn't have the knockout dead power that he used to have. That is like, but. 
everybody always gets surprised by that left hand down the pipe, springing off those monstrous calves. Nobody ever seems to see it coming, and they end up on their ass. And that's a big way to win a lot of scorecards, dude. It is. I don't. I, I don't. I don't. You know, you can say whatever you want about the the legend, and I feel like he's. You know, most people are just happy that he's coming back and doing a fight like he was supposed to do. But we get word this week: Errol Spence has an injury. He injured his eye, and we are not going to get uh, that he is a retinal tear. And we are not going to get Manny Pacquiao versus Errol Spence. And I tell you, I, 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 I bleep you not when I said, when I say I was, I was nearly moved to tears by this because it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, I, I'm, I'm just in a weird place. You know, I love doing this show. And I think as you, you know, heard in the previous segment, like I can get into whatever the PFL, I was having the time of my life watching it. And things can flip on a dime in this sport, and they can get right back. But I've been a little bit depressed with what we got on the horizon, you know, with the big fights. There's some good fights. Don't get me wrong. UFC's got a good pay-per-view coming up at the end of September. But I'm talking about the monsters, you know, the monsters that everyone's talking about. And really right now in 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 sports, in, in both, both of them, there's not really one I could say to my friend, you know, I could really go and, and and say to just Johnny sports fan, hey, this is the fight you got to see. You know, Errol Spence versus Manny was one of those fights you could say that about. Tyson Fury, the heavyweight championship, you could always say that. Um, I don't know if Teofimo's quite at that level yet. Canelo, Caleb Plant, I don't even know if that's even at its level, even though he's, taking on, he's doing an undisputed championship. I think we all know as fight fans, we're going to love that. But just, you know, your broski who happens to love you know, just the Dolphins or the Heat, will they tune in for it? I don't know. I don't know. So it was a little bit depressing that this happened this week. Now, Manny, to his credit, is still going to fight. He is going to fight Jordanus Ugas for essentially the WBA championship for the welterweight division, bar none, whatever version Manny has, whatever version Ugas has. This is going to be the version for now. Well, the WBA decides, you know, whatever the hell they want, because they're willy-nilly with everything. But essentially, this will cinch up the belt for that. And then supposedly, you know, maybe, I mean, if Manny gets through this, I would suppose, you know, the winner's going to go fight Errol Spence, I, I guess, again. So, um, look, he's not taking on a guy as good in Ugas. He's taking on a decent fighter. Um, but he has taken on a completely different fighter. He has taken on a completely different fighter, but so is Ugas. Listen, Ugas is going in there and he's taking on the great Manny Pacquiao and is, is kind of just thrown to the wolves. Now, listen, we've seen this work out for guys. Andy Ruiz comes to mind where, you know, he goes in there and he is, uh, nobody thinks he has a shot in hell to beat Anthony Joshua. I'd say the difference with this though, is, you know, Manny's already seen been there done that seen everything when it comes to the fight game i mean he's been he's knocked out people he wasn't supposed to knock out he has been on the biggest of stages against floyd mayweather and flopped he has been knocked out cold he has won championships in eight divisions i mean the idea that a a switch like this is really gonna shake him i would be surprised by mentally I would and and even skill set wise, I think that if it's a case of okay, he genuinely does look over the hill, um, and he's taking on a guy a little bit older now 
It's the the age gap is closed a little bit with taking on Ugas, who I think is listed at 34. And so that has him 35, actually, just turned 35. And for uh for for so that steps him up a little bit older than Errol Spence was. And then Manny, um he's uh he's right now minus three hundred, uh, starting off starting off this uh going into it. I would say it's a bit of a less dangerous fight. I think that he's 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 not concerned as much with uh the hammers that Ugas could bring or something like that. I think that uh he doesn't have that much danger, but you know, these the the skill set that a lot of these guys come from in Cuba, I mean, just the 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 precision that they can go about things, the that the especially, you know, the the aggression could he use it against Manny and stuff like that. I think there could be some ugliness in that. Um but I think if we're gonna say objectively, is he taking on a better opponent? No, he's not. Um so I, I like Manny's chances still to win this. I'm just bummed out that it's not against Daryl Spence. And, you know, if he doesn't look good and he doesn't feel the same way, there's always a chance that Manny's like, even if he gets an ugly one, it's just like, man, do I really want to go now fight Errol Spence? And I don't look like I did against Keith Thurman. So there's that risk, too. Like, it, it's a huge bummer that we don't get the Manny Errol Spence. It was right there. It's right on the it's right on the goal line. And the fact that it's, you know, it, 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 it's it's like a, a false start penalty. I don't know what football now do you want to put to it but you know this is not this is not the fight that we signed up for still we'll turn in to watch manny whenever doesn't matter i've watched him in australia at 7 a.m um i don't miss a manny pacquiao fight and going to see him live was uh, one of the most thrilling sporting events i've ever gotten to go to but still this is not him taking on you know pretty much the bona fide welterweight champion of the world outside of terrence crawford i mean like this, if Manny were to win this fight, it would be him and Terrence, and that's cr- you know that's crazy at his age to 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 think something like that. And for Errol, you know, it would have been I think, I think it would have cinched him up for a lot of people as far as uh, being a bigger star. He's done decent numbers, but this is probably you know Manny Pacquiao a fight week with Manny Pacquiao taking Errol Spence on who can do all the in- you know do all the interviews and things like that like. If it doesn't do, do a million, I think it would have done near damn close to it. Um, and I don't know what this does. You know, maybe close to it, but I don't think Ugas is really going to be that that press face that you're going to have all week because um, we're not going to be talking about what this can do for his legacy and his standing. You know, even though it can do a lot, uh, it's just a new face. In essentially at the top that you're throwing into the mix. A lot like Andrew Ruiz was. You know, it was just like it was always Deontay, Tyson Fury, and Anthony Joshua. And then all of a sudden this Andrew Ruiz fella comes out of nowhere. And even though everybody respected what Andy could do in the sport, nobody really thought he was going to do what he was going to do. And then all of a sudden, okay, now he has to be in the mix. So um, huge, huge bummer that we don't get the fight though, man. I was, I was... I was down in the dumps about this. Now, a couple of uh, news and notes we should get to. I mentioned George Cambosis and Teofimo Lopez. Now, a couple of things happened with this in the the last time. And shout out to uh, Mike Coppinger, who's uh, breaking a lot of these boxing stories for ESPN. Uh, Teofimo Lopez versus George Ferocious Cambosis. It, uh, it appears now that it is going to be in October and that they're targeting it for the Middle East, according to ESPN. That is what... Uh, 
co-founder Ryan Kavanaugh told ESPN on Saturday. He says, uh, we're currently working with regulatory bodies to bring the fight to Saudi Arabia. Uh, we think it's the perfect place for such a landmark fight. Um, they were trying to move it to Australia, but the IBF ended up ruling against that. And basically that had to do with uh, Australia's 14-day quarantine. And I got to tell you, Australia is getting a little bit nutty with the, uh, the the coronavirus too. So who even knows if you would have reaped the benefits of being able to do that fight like you had hoped you could do that fight. So um, it appears like this is one that's a little bit more in line. They're really trying to make up the money because apparently the reports are they lost up to like up to or maybe more than $5 million for the fight getting canceled down here, getting canceled the week of. So it's... Uh, it, <laughs> It was, uh, it was, it was, you know, it, apparently he feels great and that he's been training according to the report. So hopefully he looks good because I know he's talked about asthma in the past and things like that. So you always worry about how our guy's going to bounce back. And I think that's still got to be something that you keep in your mind going into this. And, uh, you know, that's where we're at, man. That's where we're at with this, uh, this undisputed lightweight championship. The other fight that we got to keep an eye on is Canelo Alvarez, where he is apparently now going towards a deal for Caleb Plant for November. And again, from Mike Coppinger, says that Canelo and Caleb are nearing a deal for a November fight. Um, Alvarez and Plant was agreed to last month for September 18th, and they were waiting signatures. And then at the last minute, the talks collapsed. There was some weird stuff where like Canelo was asking for a guarantee even if Caleb Plant couldn't fight. Obviously, in a time like this where like fights are dropping like flies willy-nilly, they weren't able to do that. So, you know, it was uh, it it really was like uh, it really was uh, disappointing that that fight wasn't able to happen. And it really is kind of disappointing that, you know, we're literally talking about a week apart and they're still not doing the fight in September. I know that these things can get thrown off and guys have to go into camp and all that type of stuff, but it's just very strange now. I do still think this could be beneficial for the fight because it's going to be a Fox pay-per-view. Um, I think that having Caleb Plant do the NFL Fox pregame shows, Canelo Alvarez, same thing, especially the way he's been he's been spitting in these press conferences in English now with some of the hilarious memes that you're hearing with or he's talking trash. I mean, if you could roll one of these, I think that would go a whole, whole hell of a long way. But, you know, if, especially let's talk there's a, a Titans game you know, Caleb Plant is a is a Titans fan. Maybe a game that's on Fox. You know, if there's one of those AFC games where there's a switch up, and he ends up doing some promotion on that, or you have him there for the coin toss. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, but I do think that time wise, maybe I, I do think it, it can add a little drama to it with the the broken negotiations. It can fuel it up a little bit. Um, so I don't think it's all bad that the fight does get pushed back. It's just weird that it was like what. What wasn't good two weeks ago, that is good now that you have to delay the fight six weeks. It almost makes you think, was there some kind of business tactic or, or, or was this just a business tactic or were there some boxing ramifications? Did uh, you know, I know Canelo already had COVID before the Yildirim fight, so not that he can't get it again, but um, less likely. Less likely that he would be doing dealing with something severe. But, you know, was there a, you know an injury? Was there a shape thing, something, something where they felt like they needed to uh, just push it back about, you know, eight weeks or so. I don't know, but we're going to, it seems, it seems now like we're going to get it. 
I'm glad that's going to happen. I love this fight so much more than uh, taking on a guy like Dimitri Bevel. We've been talking about, you know, you don't want to be Canelo Alvarez and you've been having this goal of being undisputed and all of a sudden, just gone. Just like that. That would suck. So I'm glad we're going to come to uh, to some agreement there and that fight's going to happen. We'll take a quick break here on the show, do a little bit more recapping of the week that was. We're back with more after this. All right, welcome back, everybody. Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. So we did get news this week. Anderson Silva and Tito Ortiz, they're going to be on the Oscar De La Hoya Vitor Belfort boxing card. They are going to have themselves an eight-round boxing match on September 11th. So that one's a, an, ad, a, an added little bonus for you. Now, we saw Anderson Silva against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., a lot of people were very, very impressed with Anderson. They thought that he uh, he looked really, really good, especially against a guy who's, you know, I, listen, is not the most beloved boxer of all time, but he's been in there with the best of the best. And uh, and Anderson looked really good against him. As far as Tito's concerned, um, you know, the last time we saw him was against, I think, was it, was it Chuck Liddell? Um I don't know how he's going to fare in a boxing match. You know, that's going to be an interesting one. But this whole nostalgia of the old UFC guys going in there and boxing, I think it's cool. I think it's uh, it's fine, especially for Triller. Like, this is what they should be doing. It's so funny that Triller has, like, this one thing where it's like they're doing the pure boxing. Although, the the, the card they did with the, uh, with the versus battle, that was really cool. Michael Hunter and all that type of stuff. But this is, like, so their bag of having the... Uh, the former UFC that they've had Frank Mir, they're going to have Vitor, they got Anderson, they got Tito. I, I wonder what's going to happen because there's one that I'm really, really interested in. I don't know if you guys have been seeing my guy Shannon the Cannon Briggs, who has been uh, just toying with uh, Quentin Rampage Jackson. And they've done some hilarious Instagram lives, and they've talked about doing some kind of super card where it's boxers versus MMA fighters. Um, which I think would be really cool. I like it. Now, Shannon has said that he has told Rampage that he'll give him one back. Like, if they do it in boxing, he'll go back and he will fight uh, one in MMA, which I think would be really, really cool. But that one's fun. I feel like those two could promote the hell out of this fight because the thing with, like, Anderson and Tito, I don't know. I don't know what that promotion is going to be like. V, you know, Oscar, it's going to be a lot of, I think, the focus of – I don't think it's going to be a lot of him versus Vitor. I think there'll be a lot of people questioning Oscar. What's he going to look like coming back? Where is his hell that there's going to be so much Oscar centric stuff. That's going to be in the promotion of that fight. And that really should be the promotion of the fight. But with, I feel like Shannon and, and, uh, and, and rampage could just genuinely just promote the hell out of their fight. I feel like it could do pretty, pretty well. I've said, I feel like if Tyson, whenever Tyson's next fight is, whatever it is, I feel like Shannon's the guy to go to because, he can play the heel. He can play the foil. He can get people to really hate him um, in a way that I think would just do big business and I think would be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to if that fight will come to fruition. You never know. Um, you know, Shannon puts a lot of stuff into the ether and that it doesn't happen. But that's one that uh, he seems to have a dance partner that's on board. Normally, it's just him interrogating the hell out of somebody until they're just not into it anymore. They just get ignored. But this seems like something that could happen. Uh, shout out to Gegard Mousasi, by the way. He got a win over John Salter to maintain his middleweight championship. TKO finished there in the third round. Bit of a slow start for him. Um, as Salter was uh, was winning some of the grappling in the first round. 
Gago really poured it on him in the second round and then finished the gig in the uh in uh, in round three to maintain the belt. He's gonna be taking Austin Vandeford um in the uh for the for the next time up, which will be uh which will be an interesting one. You know, it, it's it, it'll be cool for Austin who's had a nice Bellator run. He was on the broadcast last night and uh you know, I will say He's going to be in the spot of stepping out of the shadows of Paige Van Zandt, but that's you know it is what it is. He's embraced that whole Mister Van Zandt thing, and this is uh, definitely going to be kind of his own thing, which is really really cool. He's turned himself into a hell of a fighter. He's been training at American Top Team. I you know I'm curious to know what that's been doing for his career and how he feels like it's been tuning him up. Although he did have a big ass uh, cyborg arm sling on, that was uh, kind of crazy. So. That's coming up for Bellator. Another Bellator thing that got announced. A couple of Bellator notes here, because it was a pretty quiet week for UFC. Just, uh, just, just to note, they do have uh, next week Jared Cannonier taking on uh, Kelvin Gastelum, which will be uh, that's a fun fight. It's a fun, fun middleweight fight, and uh, you know Cannonier hasn't fought since was it last October when he lost to Robert Whitaker. Whitaker broke his arm, and then. He was supposed to fight Paulo Costa, but then Costa pulled out of the fight. So then it ended up being Kelvin. Um, you know, Paulo Costa has been doing going through a lot of weird stuff, lately, but that's a fun fight next week. But it's been a quiet, pretty quiet UFC uh, UFC news week, just UFC anything week. But Bellator's had some some stuff. So Yoel Romero, remember we talked to Scott Coker pretty recently, and he said that Yoel. Was going to be back soon. We should be hearing it. Now we know he's going to be fighting Phil Davis. It's not going to be down here, which I'm disappointed about. I thought that uh, I thought that it seemed like Scott Coker was hinting at a potential South Florida card. And uh, it is going to be in San Jose. It is going to be in Bellator's headquarters. Not going to be in their headquarters. I'm sure it's going to be the Shark Tank. But it's uh, it's at the home, the cradle of Bellator. That's where it's going to be. It's going to be right there in the uh, the hub there. Uh, Scott Coker stomping ground in San Jose, the old home of uh, Strike Force. So uh, Yoel will be fighting Phil Davis. That's a fun fight. They're still giving Yoel a, a really uh, a really nice comeback fight. Um, curious to see how Phil goes about that one. See if he'll uh, if he'll try and stand and bang with Yoel. But Yoel's such a good wrestler. Like it's it's not easy to just say, oh, I'm going to go and try and take him down. Good luck. Um, He's, he's he's got the pedigree he has for a reason. It's not quite either the uh, the Rumble Johns fight because the Rumble Johns fight felt like just such the holy grail mystery one that we've been wanting for a long time. But it's still a decent fight, nonetheless. I, I really am uh, looking forward to seeing what Yoel brings to the table. And uh, this is an interesting one. Scott Goger did say this. So there's been a big. Uh, I, I'm not a big Olympics uh, wrestling fan. Um, my, my Olympics watching went to team USA mostly this year for basketball because Bam was on the team. Uh, I was very much, I've, I always seem to like women's gymnastics. I'm into that. And, uh, obviously that was a big headline this year with uh, everything that was going on with Simone Biles. I'm not a huge wrestling guy. I've never been in wrestling in high school. We didn't even have a wrestling team in high school down here and, uh, at my school, but, I know a lot of people are, and people are scouting who are the next greats going to be, and I do think that we've seen some tremendous talent. Look at Kayla Harrison, uh, how good she's been and what she's turned into. She wasn't a wrestler. She was in judo, uh, but so was Ronda Rousey. Um, now Clarissa Shields is moving over from boxing. Like There, there are so many great athletes that are, uh, are, are making their way over from that pool. 
mostly it's always just kind of been an apples to apples thing. You go from amateur boxer to pro boxer. And there's just so many hubs to go at when it comes to mixed martial arts. But this uh, Gable Stevenson, the guy who won the gold medal in freestyle wrestling heavyweight, this is the guy everybody's buzzing about. You know, he and he is and he is. Uh, let me tell you something. He is uh, eating it up on social media. He's doing the wave emoji at Dana White. He's doing the wave emoji at Vince McMahon. Uh, I saw this week Daniel Cormier say that he he thinks that he should go the route of going to WWE, make yourself a monster name, then go the Brock Lesnar route, and go and fight for whoever. But apparently the early favorite, the early talks are with Bellator. Now apparently, again, I'm not big into Gable. I don't know his story. I saw his his win because somebody was telling me about it last night at PFL, how tremendous it was, where he won the gold last second. So that's awesome. Drape me in the flag. So he apparently could go back to school and still wants to wrestle. That's still a thing. He's not like done with his eligibility apparently because Scott Coker was saying that they have been in touch and Bellator has been in touch with him. He says, quote, I can tell you this, that we've already been in touch with his management. I do know that he has a couple of years left in school, wants to go back, wants to wrestle. There's a dialogue going on, but if he does want, uh, if he, but he really wants to wrestle right now. If he does come to MMA, we'd love to have him here. Nobody builds athletes from wrestling or the ground up like we do. And I think we're the best at it. And we'd be a great home for him. I agree with Scott Coker. I think that Bellator is the place for a guy like Gable simply because they, they they will not be afraid to put these guys on a platform. Like if he goes to the UFC right off the bat, um, how many fights are they going to put a guy like him in? How many Titan fights is, is he going to have to do? before they really consider him for something. You know, is he at that kind of a level? You're seeing what PFL is doing. There's something to be said for okay, you're not the you're not in the top banana organization, but there's still organizations with a lot of eyeballs. Like PFL's on ESPN. Um and I know that they've been trying to to dabble and, and do their due diligence on him too. Uh, Bellator's on Showtime, but he can fight on the prelims, just like we've seen with Aaron Pico, with uh, locally Valerie Lareda. We just saw everything with AJ McKee come to fruition for him, so he is the blueprint. They'd the blueprint they'd obviously be pointing at um, as an organization to really, really develop and have a guy going into the UFC is tough because you try and think about the guys who have really done it. And it's just so hard. Like they have so many good guys and it feels like if you don't get off to the right foot in the UFC, then they don't have much patience for you. Like you got to give Bellator credit with this with like a guy like Aaron Pico. Like they debuted him on Madison square garden. There were articles saying that he was going to be the next great thing of MMA. He has a lot of stumbles out of the gate now it seems like he has his footing. He knows how to go win. Still very, very young. Um, when we talked to him, he just talked about the confidence issues that he used to have as opposed to what they are now. It just seems like night and day. I, I feel like if you're a guy like Gail Stevenson, a place like Bellator is just better for your development. And I, I'm sure if he has this management team that has all these suitors, I would say the route is make sure he has some kind of an out that he can get to when he feels like he's ready and he can make that jump over because Bellator is the one thing I will say about Bellator is 
they've never really had a good heavyweight division. Like it's always just been like Fedor, Czech Congo, uh, and everybody else. Like they've had Volkov there was there for time to time. Like even pre Scott Coker, he- heavyweights never really been their back. Maybe this guy can be the face of it. I don't know, but that that's been the one thing that's really hurt them. Now they have a, a great two hundred five. Maybe maybe this could be the start of them developing something like that. A young Grand Prix, something. I don't know. You know, um, Bader's been the face. You know, Bader's been their two division champion. Um, they tried doing the heavyweight tournament. It was a lot of old heads, a lot of old dudes. Mitrione's still doing the damn thing for them. So I don't know. Uh, Rampage was in there. It was like it was it was a, it was basically like a, it was like the senior tour. So to have a young guy come in there and develop his career, that that could be a little bit questionable. You know, it might be better off going to a place like, you know, the PFL and he has a chance at a million dollars and all that type of stuff. I don't know. But it's so interesting that the UFC feels almost like the last option because that's the destination. Like, that's where he's ultimately going to end up when he's probably a little bit more cooked, a little bit more seasoned and ready to roll when it all comes to it. So interesting to find out where he's going to go. I think uh, I think that's uh, that's that's uh, that'll be. Uh, a cool little free agency to keep everybody's eye on when it comes to uh, when it comes to this type of game. That's our show for this week, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. We will talk to you guys next week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.